if nothing changes, then I can promise you the same outcome is going to happen. And so what does change look like? What does it look like to, to physically let go of this ball? The book talks about this closing story of, I believe, a grandfather or maybe like a great uncle who was in World War II. And this, and this relative would talk about strategies of conflict in World War II. And he said that there was a twofold process for change. There was a twofold process for victory in World War II. He said the first process was called softening up. And so before soldiers would ever arrive on an island, planes would come in and soften the land. They would soften the landscape. And basically what they would do is they would just bomb the heck out of it. They, they would create havoc on that land and that people that they were against. They would drop tons of bombs to get things ready for the invasion. And so that happens in our own life. When change needs to happen, a, a great place for change is pain, unfortunately. And so those bombs of life are, that are exploding around us, they're hurting us, but they're often softening us to this idea that, that something's not working. But, but here's the big one. I want you to see this. The second thing that Marines always did, and, and, and Chuck can tell you if this isn't true as like a 20-year Marine himself, is that they would always, I believe I said this to you this week, they would always establish a beachhead upon invasion. When they would go in, if they had any success, they would establish a beachhead. It didn't have to be a big beachhead, but it had to be something. It had to be this physical space that was occupied in order for them to invade effectively. Maybe it was only 100 yards by 50 yards, but once the Marines established a beachhead in World War II, they never lost an island. They were 100%. Once they had occupied physical space, they never lost a war. They, never, they always occupied the island. It was just a matter of time before the entire island was set free. And so what I'm asking you in closing is this in week three, to occupy this new space where you're saying, Christ, you can have the beachhead. That doesn't mean that now I have all the answers. That doesn't mean that I'm now a theologian. What that does mean is that you are surrendering to him, giving him everything and saying, I cannot do this anymore. I don't just realize that you're in control. I realize that I have to surrender because if nothing changes, then nothing changes. And the beauty of the gospel is he's never going to let you go when you take that step. The beauty of the gospel is you don't have to fight alone. And once you establish that beachhead, you become Christ. You're marked with a seal. You're his child. And he's a protective parent. It's like now you're going through this life with all the same hurts, habits, and hang-ups, the past trauma that you've been through. But now you have the Savior of the universe on your side as you surrender your life to him and you take this physical step of saying, I'm going from here to this place where I'm consciously choosing to follow Christ with everything that I have. I'm gonna step across that line. And I don't have all the answers, but I know this, I'm establishing a beachhead right now and I'm gonna see some victory because of it. I'm establishing a beachhead, and I know that Christ isn't going to let me go because he is a protective parent to his children. It's kind of like this idea of, you know, you have this protective parent that doesn't have all the answers for the kids, although Christ has all the answers for us, 
But what the protective parent does know is that if you have the protective parent's hand, anyone a parent in this room, and you cross the street with your child, you, you might not, you know, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a lot of traffic. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be even a lot of confusion at times in your life. But you have Abba Father holding your hand, and what a protective parent does is he never or she never lets the hand go across a busy street in chaos. And you don't have to hold the beach ball down, and you don't have to try to control the script, because now you have Christ, and he is taking you from over here to this place of freedom. What does it look like to step across the line? Here's the action step. Fourfold, write it down. Number one, the whole premise of why new life exists, except Christ is your savior. Admit that you're a sinner. Admit your need for saving. And make a conscious decision to surrender your life to Christ. And I know I'm getting repetitive, and I know I'm excited, but I want to tell you this one more time. If you don't take this step, nothing changes. You could play games for years. You don't take this step, nothing changes. Number two, accept God's word as your standard. We preach this 4% thing around here, that 4% of Generation Z has a biblical worldview. If you want to see God move in your life, you accept Christ as Savior, but you believe his word is truth, that all scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching. That when you look at this world and the truth that you're looking for and the hope that you're looking for, that you look to one place, the infallible word of God, and you say, Jesus, even if I disagree with you, here's where the rubber meets the road, even if I disagree with you, I have to concede my way's not working. Even when there's things that are culturally unpopular, when you say something like you're the only way to heaven or, or you know, just pick a, 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 a variety of issues, moral. That when you say something, even when it's unpopular, that I submit my life to you like the woman spilling the perfume at your feet, and I concede that your word is not just something that can help me. Your word is ultimate truth. Your word is the standard for my life, and I submit my will to yours, my word to your word. And number three, I accept God's will as my purpose, that you are driving the affections of my heart, and that what you want for me is better than what I want for myself. And lastly, I accept God's power as my strength. I accept God's power for my strength because if I could do it on my own, I would have already done it. Let's pray. Jesus, as people come forward and we have this time of prayer at the altar, Jesus, break our heart for what breaks yours. I pray that this series would be a time of healing and a time of redemption, a time of transformation. And for everyone in this space who has never accepted you as their savior and never surrendered their will to yours, never looked to your word as the ultimate truth, never look to your power as the ultimate power source. I pray that you would work on their heart right now and change them from the inside out. This would be a defining moment in their life where they took that next step. I pray this in your precious and holy name.
Everybody said, Amen.